You are listening to a podcast from Australia's best-known community radio station, 3RRR, 102.7 in Melbourne. Yeah. Still makes me smile. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, baby. Do that thing. It's the afternoon. It's Triple R. Everything's feeling kind of good. <laughs> and I got my papers together. Matt, although, yes. Matt has been sort of just freaking me out. Have I? What yeah. are we doing? Hello, saying, Cameron. Look, you got a lot of stuff on the show. Yeah. We've got to get a move on. Snappy intro snappy, is what we're aiming for. Snappy. Let's see how we go with that. Boom, boom. Um, afternoon, everyone. It's uh, it's a long weekend. It is a long weekend. Everyone's very happy about that. Yes, everyone's including happy. Including me, yeah. Um, the roads are delightfully sparse mm. because of all the people that have gone away. So bless you people that have gone away. Yes. Blessed are the ones that are camping uh, at the moment. Yes. <laughs> Blessed or brave, one of the two. I'm not quite sure which it is. Oh, double sleeping bag today. I'll tell you what. Um, but it is a long weekend. It is the middle of winter here at 3 RFM. Delighted that you've joined us. Hmm. My name's Cam Smith. My name's uh, Matt Stedman. We should say thanks to the scientists for another... He says, pointing to the other studio over there. They're already gone. Wow, they, they do not mess around, those guys. Wow, they must have something to do. Yeah. Maybe a Cadron Collider meeting or something. <laughs> going to all collide together. All right, let's move on because we've got a lot to get through today. Yes. Uh, we've got some good things. Um, fermentating. Fermentation. Yes. Are you for it? Are you getting it? If, you, if you're not for it, Is it you, good? you will be after we chat to our first guest. Is it bad? What's it all about? Yes. Some say mm-hmm. the whole very notion of fermentation was the thing that started agriculture off about 3,000 years ago. Really? It wasn't to grow crops for food. It wasn't to make bread or pizza. Oh, we hadn't invented the pizza oven. But it was to make beer. Yes. And it was actually the reason why we did agriculture was to to ferment stuff to take us away from this life, mm. which was what a lot of people do on their weekends anyway. <laughs> yes. so or, anyway or even but, midweek. Or even midweek. But uh, we're going to have a chat to uh, someone who is fascinating. Her mastermind subject is fermentation. Mm. Her name is Sharon Flynn from the Fermentary. From and the where? Fermentary. Fermentary. Yes. Good. Yes. Just yep. tick. Yep. Underline, moving on. Um, it's fermenting. It's a thing. Um, and what we're going to talk about is uh, notions of wild fermentation. Mm. Why foodstuffs that have been fermented, and this includes things like sourdough breads to sauerkrauts, why is there a bit of vitamin uptake with a fermented product? Right. I did not know that. Well, yeah. yeah. Stay tuned. I will. There will be more. Anyway, so we're going to talk about stuff like that. We go to the Paran market to have a quick chat to, well, 16 minutes and 6 seconds, if you call that a quick chat. Uh, maybe it is on this show. Uh, Damien Pike, and um, I uh, blurt out to him the fact that um, I've invented a dish. Hallelujah. Very proud. If you, you walked in with a very wide smile this morning. Yes. You invented a dish, and we're going to have some news from the Eat It Breakfast division very shortly, but keep going. Oh, okay, sorry. Uh, and also, uh, in the green room. Yep. Oh, no, they've gone. Yeah. Where have they gone? That's oh, it's okay. The they haven't gone. Craig's going. It's all right. It's cool. Um, <laughs> noisy ritual. We have Alex yes. and Cam. And um, it's about bringing authenticity. It's about bringing... Well, it's fermentation as well, isn't it, really? It is. Yeah, there's a bit of a theme. A bit of a theme in it this is. show. Um, fermentation is happening. And these are the guys... We've had them on the show before. And what they do is... They have a space in either city, Melbourne. Yes. And you do your own bottling. Yes. And uh, you joyously celebrate. It's an urban-powered winery. 
bang. There you go. Thank you, Matt. Just putting that on on the thing. Now, before we go any further, yes, I want to say one congratulations to one Seb Rayburn, Sebastian, yes, who is now the uh, the distiller in residence. He's come home, ladies and gentlemen. Come to the north uh, at uh, Craft & Co, Smith Street, the, uh, that place that celebrates all things authentic, Italian and homemade. Huge space and um, uh, maker of lots of excellent products. And now, including uh, distilled booze, products, booze. thanks to Sebastian. He's in charge of the still there. Yeah. He's the still master. He's the still master. Yeah. Be still for the still master. <laughs> um, and I was lucky enough to be there for the first big batch of gin that came through this distillery, which you mm. can see. From yeah. the window at Craft & Co. Yeah, it's right in the Glorious bit of equipment. It is. It's magnificent. And uh, there will be many more. Now, um, this gin is uh, it's got a great name. Really great name. Mm. And uh, they're calling it the Craft & Co. Gin, prototype number one. Um, we're going to get Barry from the marketing department onto that. It's like when you name a planet, and it's like, we've discovered this planet. It's called G6428B. Just give, yeah. it, give it time. Okay, good. It's going to be good. Prototype it's going to be good. So uh, that's a thing, and I just wanted to say for everybody out there, I can be very, very happy to know that I have solved porridge. Dramatic pause. <laughs> that's right, folks. Um, You've solved porridge. Yeah, well, after, after after decades and generations, beavering the, away, the elusive problem <laughs> that is porridge has yes. been cracked by one Cameron Smith. That's right. Detail. Press release went out yesterday. <laughs> Um, here was my problem, that I had these oats, uh, and I cooked them in the Mickey Wave. Yes. And that was a stupid thing to do. Well, you know, it's it's all right. Right, that just wouldn't cook down. I mean, the the whole thing of porridge is that it's a starch, right? Yep. And you want it to release that starch to make a really creamy substance. Mm Mm-hmm. Didn't want to do that. No. Mickey Wave. So you end up with watery oats and... Ugh. And a friend of mine, Alan Campion, hello, Alan, if you're listening, said, you know what I do? Mm-hmm. Uh, and what I used to do was you, before you go to bed, mm-hmm. you get a container, you get, say, a third of a cup that's like a serve, yep. pour a cup of boiling water over it, yep. and just let it sit, and then cook it with some milk in the morning, slowly, mm-hmm. creamy, gorgeous. So just let it sit on the counter, you don't, you don't put it in the fridge, you don't, you, don't, uh, you just cover it, I assume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Keep the flies away. Uh, and, um, and uh, yeah, a little bit of cinnamon, a few yep. sultanas, and the secret ingredient that I had was a toasted coconut. Oh. Beautiful. Yeah, right. Yeah, but you've got to be prepared, right, because you've got to do this the night before. Yeah, well, it's just, it's, it's, but it's like stupid simple. Yeah, it's like not that hard, is it? thing into their poor boiling water. It's easy to making a, a tea bag away. cup of tea. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's like, yeah. Uh, you just walk away from it. Yeah. Anyway, I just want to let people know that... Um, Porridge has been solved. And this is good. Uh, there will be details about this on the website when Matt writes up his very amusing and highly informative uh, show summaries. Sometimes. Most of the time. <laughs> 12.08 here on 3 RFM. We've got to get a move on. We do. Come on. Should we pay some mortgage and then we'll be back with our first guest? Sharon Flynn will be in from the fermenter and we're going to be talking about uh, fermentation and why we should consider it more on 3 R. Thank you, Chris Hatz is here on 3 RFM on a long weekend in the middle of winter. Well, it's not quite the middle of winter, is it? It's, uh, it's a big beginning, though, we could say. Yes. Sharon Flynn, very good afternoon to you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. It's great to be here. Your mastermind subject is the fermentation of food. Yes. How on earth did this happen? What was this, what epiphany did you have or catharsis that went, 
I will now devote my life to fermentation. <laughs> no, I. It's a thing. I don't. Well, gut health was the thing that brought gut it all together. Health. But nice. Ever since, That's a good answer. Yeah. Gut From health, Cam. Early time, like when I was early 20s, I lived in Japan for almost a decade. Really? And I loved Nutto and. I'm so jealous. I had an older. I didn't have any friends at the beginning. I was six foot and I was yeah. strange. So an older lady. Why were you in Japan? probably blind. Oh, I started just working at a ski resort. And then awesome. um, I was had a plan to be a ski bum around the world, but yeah. I got stuck there. I loved it so much, yeah. and then I got a really good job. It's like this sake and yakitori <laughs> at the end of <laughs> down at the apre. This rocks. It was well, actually, the ski, um, the social life wasn't as good in Japan. I had a nine o'clock curfew. Uh, nine o'clock. Yeah, as I worked at a ski resort, all the women had to be in bed by nine. Really? <laughs> it was so not what I was planning. All the people at Buller in the frying pan would just be laughing at you at uh, Falls Creek, going nine <laughs> yeah, o'clock. Yeah, I was laughing at me. I was like, "This is." I went from Falls Creek to yep. um, there. To okay. Remember. So anyway, anyway, I met an old lady, and she taught me a lot about miso and things like that. Yes. And it started there. And as I moved around the world. Um, I always seemed to hook onto something fermented, not realizing that that was my that was what made things magic for me. So it was a theme mm. that sort of became apparent after a while. They said, "Like I know about this, yeah. and I actually watched this, and this well, was kind of interesting." Sourdough was the the one that really made me realize yes. that um, God, how does yeast get captured into a little bag of you know paper bag? Yes, and then I went further and got you know wet yeast from a baker and still I felt like this isn't making it from scratch. How did the people get yeast before this? And then I got Sandor Katz's first book, Wild Fermentation. Whoa, hang on, who's that? Sandor Katz. Sandor Katz, he's you like got that, the man? guru. He's the you know, he's the revivalist yeah. of fermentation in this era. He's the year zero. He's almost yes. or the new year zero. Uh, in my world everyone loves me. I mm. actually went to stay at his house in Nashville in November for Whoa. a week. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool. So I took yeah, I brought some of his yogurt home. <laughs> <laughs> Probably shouldn't be saying that on air, should you? <laughs> how did you all, how on earth did Daniel? In a little baggie. In a baggie. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> but did this, these things happen? We were talking just last week about Murray Tyrrell, um, one of the fathers of the wine industry and the way that Pinot first came into the country was he jumped the fence at um, a CSIRO property and maybe <laughs> Lifted a couple clones and went, oh, thank you very much. But <laughs> fermentation, maybe we should say, why is fermentation important? Well, I think firstly for humans, it yes. was to preserve a harvest. Right. We, thousands of years ago, we relied on it for, so we could eat all to, through to the year. To make the perishable portable mm, and storable. Portable and storable. Yes. Great words. Mm. And in that, I think we found, maybe we didn't realise, but I think Captain Cook did and the Romans did, soldiers, they would always take fermented food with them on long voyages or on... Um, yeah, the English Navy liked a bit of sauerkraut, didn't they? They did, but so did the Romans with their garum, the fish sauce garum, and hey. any fermented vegetables. Awesome. Mm, and the Japanese. Every, throughout history, we've relied on it, probably mm. for its portability and its that it's preserved, but also because magically the, um, the body uses the bacteria, you know, in a good way. And it... Increases the digestibility of what else, the other foods you're eating and, and the nutritional a, quality. The availability, the availability of vitamins yeah. is sort of the, the one of the things that that does. And uh, there's a series on Netflix at the moment. I think it's called Cooked, and it's sort of a anthropologist look at food. And is one of the things they talk about is sourdough bread. Yes, yeah. is that Michael Pollan? Yeah, yep. bang, that's him. 
And if you if you haven't seen it, I I've couldn't it. recommend it more. My God! But case in point, mm. sourdough bread. Yes. Guy makes sourdough bread. He says there's all these people that are, you know celiacs that have bad gut health that can't eat any sort of uh, gluten intolerance. Yes, blah, yeah. blah blah blah. He says this guy who was this artisanal baker said, I can get those people and say, eat my bread. You'll yeah. be fine. I tell you what, uh, John Reed out at Redbeard Bakery in Trentham, he's done the same thing with a woman who, was, who came in and said, you know, let's do that test and it worked for her. She can eat his bread. Yeah. And there are a lot of bakers in Melbourne, in, in Victoria, we're lucky. Mm. There's some very good sourdough bakers here. And so specifically with sourdough, and we'll get on to some other things, what is it about the sourdough fermentation that makes things more available and less of a... Um, a hindrance to the digestion. Well, I guess it's what happens in the process of uh, the flour. Yes. Instead of just not only the flour that the sourdough bakers would use would be superior to another brand that's just white sliced bread. That's yeah. very different as well. Yes. That's fast food um, as opposed to a slow food. And so a lot of the phytonutrients and things like that are getting eaten and uh, making them more digestible mm. while fermenting the, the, the flour. Yeah. Yeah, because it's not just one organism whose only gig is to spew out carbon dioxide mm. to make a, um, a network. Yeah, and I mean, throughout the world, when we eat grains, there are, like in India and Africa, a lot of the grains are always fermented beforehand, or mm. soaked, soaked at least. Yep. Yeah, so I mean, I've been sourdough hard for porridge. me. Mm. Sourdough, because I don't have a great oven and I have a lot of the ferments going, yes. I just go to my local really good sourdough baker and buy their bread. I don't make my own, but <laughs> dosa and idli and the other ones that are easier to make, we mm. do all the time at home. Yeah. Who's your baker you go to? Um, loaf of Bread. Okay. Hi. Hi, Loaf of Bread. <laughs> they're fantastic. Because I'll give one of my favourite. Their, their baguettes are hot. At 9am, like yeah. when you buy them, they're hot. They make it every morning. Fiber and bakery for me. Oh, yeah, they're great. Yes. You're lucky you live, do you live near there? Yeah, I'm yeah. a, yeah, yeah. Uh, Firebrand Bakery, uh, just across the road from Attica in <laughs> Ripon Lee, Glen Ira Road. Anyway, they're great. Big old, um, um, old 30s wood yes. fired oven. But let's get back to fermentation. Yes. So, the f- you had this interest because of traveling around mm. and you, you re- there was this sort of dawning realization that, hey, this is a thing. Yeah, it was. And then you, you've, you've started off, it's ended up that you now have a business called The Fermentary yes. in, um, in Port Melbourne. No, we've moved to Fairfield. Uh-huh. Yes, yeah, sorry. That's all right. We don't sort of update. Fairfield. And we're actually about to move back in August to Dalesford where we Cross that out started. <laughs> no, I don't. We Map like reference. being in Fairfield, but, yeah. um, we've got a larger space in, um, Dalesford. We're moving to in August. Oh, really? Um, that sounds yeah, great. So, yeah. To be near the water and the farmers that we use. So, so um, this place that you have, you, you grow things, what do you make? We make a range of wild fermented vegetables. And I say wild because we underlined. don't... Yes, underlined. Um, and I'm pretty Italics. noisy about it because we don't use a starter culture. And yes. that, that means that you'll get a wide range of bacteria, not just the three or four that you decide to put in mm. and... Then it won't change. Those three or four just stay there. So you're working with a microflora around you, around mm-hmm. us all. Look oh, around, it's on folks. the cabbage, on the on the vegetables. Look, yeah, look around. It's everywhere. <laughs> it is everywhere. It's, mostly, it'll be on the vegetable in this case. Yes. Um, a good a good soil will carry great bacteria. Yes. And those are, are attracted to that particular vegetable. We're which starting to understand. Which happen to be the very ones that are. Uh, 
great for preserving it. And, and they'll go through a whole complex um, change over mm. the fermentation period. Yep. And you'll end up after, you know, between four to six weeks of a very good broad spectrum of bacteria. And the flavours, that's the difference too. I mostly try and ferment right now for flavour because um, I'm trying to get the average Australian to incorporate it into their diet. So if mm. we talk about it like, oh, you've got to have this for gut health, that's one portion of society, then they still come back to me and say, well, how much should I take and how do I eat it? And I'm, I'm really trying to say, no, no, it's a food. Eat uh, it with your eggs. Eat it. it with your avocado toast. Eat it on rice. You know. Yes. I'm, so I'm trying to make it so delicious that you'll want to eat it anyway. And I think we've done that pretty well, actually. Okay. So far. <laughs> so you're making your what sort of things are you fermenting at the moment? So you make your own uh, miso. I'm get, yeah, we do guessing. miso. We don't sell that at the moment. We make it just just because it takes a year to get it completely finished. Yes. So I've got a couple of batches. Yes. Brewing, uh, making natto. Yes. Oh, uh, what is natto for people? Natto is fermented soybeans mm. using a natto, a bacteria that's in Latin or natto. You know, it's yes. spe- specific to natto. Yes. It's a really, really powerful. Uh, bacteria. It's it, it uh, clears out toxins, and the Japanese sent it to um, they send it to areas that have nuclear Hiroshima. Yes. Yeah. Bang. Or what about Chernobyl? I think they sent yes. a heap of natto and miso to yes. areas that need it, and it's good for soil and and things like that. So, Maddie, you tried natto? I have not. I'd not even heard of it until just then. <laughs> natto rocks. Well, I'm um, that you knew it. I'm, oh, I'm excited. I, I know it from an old buddy of mine who I haven't seen for a long time, Mark Fee. And he actually told me because he went and lived in Japan for a while and the thing that got my eyebrows going, bing, was he said, mate, nutto, awesome hangover cure. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Really? That sounds good. Um, and it's very, very easy to find. You can get it at places like Min Fat and and, and uh, if a questionable. It's usually frozen, right? Yeah, you yeah. buy it frozen. Yeah, yeah, and you let it thaw out, and it has mm. all these really wild strings because yeah. that's the ferment. And you get these two little packets. One is sort of like a hot English mustard. Yes. Which I dig. It's really funny, isn't it, that mm. you put that on there? And then a little bit of soy sauce. And a little bit of soy sauce. You mix it all up, and uh, I just dig it like that. You it's can delicious. put it into an omelette. That works well. Fantastic. Uh, works well in on rice, just on a bit of rice with miso soup on the side. So you're side. making natto? Yes, we've just started. Wow. Um, with that, but we do kimchi, a really good kimchi. We do a couple of kimchis. Yes. And um, a vegan one and an authentic one. I call it. Yes. It usually has a little amount of fish or fish sauce in it, so we we make both. Mm. We do a couple of different sauerkrauts, jalapeno kraut, a red kraut with fennel. Jalapeno kraut. Smoked jalapeno kraut. <laughs> Yes, a little bit of a smoky. It's not well, spicy. It's, yeah, no, it's that delicious. Great. But talking about hangover cures, yes, sauerkraut juice is the most magical thing for us. In your bloody mary, or just drink a thing of sauerkraut juice. Yes, okay, because that's a, serious that's a traditional cure. I've heard that. That's mm. a thing. And we, we so we bottle our juices now to sell for people who can't even eat cabbage and they're that unwell, but they need the bacteria. We have a lot of uh, sauerkraut and kimchi juice sales. If People work, and um, I think your business is fantastic. Thank you. And we'd love for people to go there. But mm. the great thing is that you should learn how to do it yourself. Yes. The first thing to ferment if we wanted a project for the kids to do, because there's a lot of parents listening. Mm. Hi, guys. How you going? And, you know, we could all do this together. All what right. would be the first project? The easiest one is to get some raw honey. Yes. Peel some garlic, shove it in there, 
and watch it over the next few days. The honey will turn to water and you could have that on your shelf for a year and eat the cloves of garlic or use the beautiful garlic honey. Honey is a very magical thing to play with. It's, I mean, you can get mead from honey. Yeah. That's not so much a children's game. But the, the garlic and you can put jalapenos in there instead. You can put fruit and the honey will straight away within a couple of days turn to water and you mm. can taste whatever you've put in there in that honey. Mm. Otherwise, sauerkraut. It's simply salt, yes. cabbage. And a seed, if you want to. Yep. But we have uh, workshops all over all over the place. Usually once a month. So you can go onto you our website, thefermentary dot com dot au. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Fermentary Google. Yep. Yep. And uh, there are workshops. Other people do workshops too. That's so it. Just do that. And can I say hi to everyone at the Fermentary because they're they're are jarring. They they're jarring. They're hi, jarring. Alex, Roger, and Farmer. <laughs> <laughs> they made me. I left. Uh, I'm not there because you of them. people are jarring. Yes, <laughs> it's like it's like my teachers say that I'm trying. Um, you're not trying, but you are trying. It's marvelous that we're doing that. This is authentic food. Um, fermenting is a very, very important thing we've been doing for m- millennia. Yes, but it's another one of those things we've lost. And um, in looking back. We found more about ourselves and we're able to improve ourselves and our health. So I commend Sharon and what you're doing at the fermentary and more power to your arm. Matt will send up some links. Yeah. Um, we're going to have a drink sometime. You're more than welcome to hang I around might for hang that. around instead of going back and jarring. Beautiful. <laughs> I should have said that. Uh, 12.23 here on 3 Triple RFM. Um, Matt. Some music perhaps. What a good idea. Damien Pike at the Paran Market. Can I say a very, very beautiful, warm, good morning to you, and how the hell are you? I'm very, very well, and good morning, Cam. It's uh, a great time of the year. Here we are in the middle of June, just settling back for uh, our full mushroom season. Does it feel like winter to you? Not at all. Not today. Mm. Uh, this is uh, this is 9.30 in the morning. It's great. It's uh, yeah. it's, it's still warm. Early, 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 we, uh, we suffer a little bit, but that's... That's the punishment we get for being in this trade. <laughs> for your sins. Hey, what yeah, time do you get in here, just out of curiosity? Uh, I'm up at 2 o'clock. You're up at 2? Yeah. I'm up at 2, and uh, we've got to go to... Uh, we ju- well, let's just yeah. let that sink in for most of the people listening. So, 2 o'clock, when people are into their deep REM sleeping, Damien Pike's alarm's going, no, excuse me, you've got to get up. That's correct. Whoa. Yes, it does. Okay. At 9 o'clock, and then at... Uh, Two o'clock, and then uh, I'm in Preston. Uh, not Preston. What's a new place called? Um, oh, Epping. Uh, Epping. That'll do. Yeah. Um, I'm out there round about um, quarter to three, and then uh, the show starts. We uh, do our buying, and I'm out of there by about five thirty, quarter to six. Back here at about six. Digression, Damien. Epping. Epping. Is it uh, is it a step forward? Is oh, it an improvement? Yes. Is it good? It, it, it's all of those. Um, Cam, it's um, something different. It's. Uh, it's out of space. It is. It's a beautiful, beautiful operation. Big. Um, they're looking towards the future. There, everything is um, the ultra modern. It, it, it's. Uh, I, I love it. I think it's great. It's just too far away from me. And you can still get a, a, a bacon and egg sani and a cup of coffee at the end of it. Oh, you can get two, mate, if you're there long <laughs> enough. <laughs> I love that. I used to. I, I used to love that when you'd get the car all filled. You've done everything. You're watching the sun come up. It used to be beautiful because you yeah. used to look to the, the city, yeah, um, and it was city. a very, very self-satisfied yeah. sort of feeling. Yeah. Well, well, now we don't look anywhere <laughs> except the highways running to Sydney. Just go, go, go. go.
All right, anyway, okay, so that's a digression. Um, we are at the start of this uh, winter. Um, mushrooms, maybe we'll start with them because this is a, a speciality that you do. How are they holding up? Great. It's been, uh, it's been a, a crazy year, very, very, uh, very fast to start with. We started uh, five weeks ago, pines and slippery jacks, then it backed off a little bit, the weather swung around. Because you got a big uh, peak from uh, New South Wales uh, around about the Hunter, wasn't it? Yes, exactly, yeah, yeah. and, uh, and um, swung right over to uh, uh, the Blue Mountains. They, they produce some wonderful product this year. Mm. Um, then we went uh, South Australia, with, we're lucky enough to have... Uh, Fresh Porcini. This is our second year to do this. They've uh, they've discovered a little secret spot in um, in Adelaide somewhere. Really? And yes, yeah. and uh, we were lucky enough to have uh, the three deliveries. And that's a that's something a bit special to have fresh Porcini on this stand. And is that different from the slippery jack? Yeah, completely. It's, completely, um, can. Completely. It's, um, it, it's, um, it, it has it's the, the grand... spongy gills underneath? Yeah, it has, yes. all, has all that. Um, doesn't have the nose like we would normally have with a porcini, but when you cook it, wow, look out. It's, uh, it's there, and uh, hopefully they're there to stay for next year too. Wow, and um, and if you dry them, does the flavour get concentrated like a porcini does? Um, it, it certainly would, but I think it's a sin there. They're fresh, so we'll keep them fresh. At the, at okay. the being lucky enough to get them, we'll use them fresh. All right. Um, we are sort of coming towards the end of the mushroom season because uh, two things: uh, the the rain makes them. Uh, a bit mushy, yeah, the very, mushrooms very, mushy, yeah. and then the um, the temperature in the ground is the crucial thing, isn't it? Which very much which so. su- shuts down the mycelium. Yes, mycelium. Mycelium. It just yeah. closes up, and yeah. uh, and and the whole um, the whole system um, shuts down. We've got we've probably got three weeks to run, mm. and, and that that's good enough. You know, it's truffle time too. That's that's available now. We've got that running. A big, big festival here in the market next week on the 18th and 19th. So um, that, that's an exciting time. Fingers crossed, uh, um, weather hangs out for us. Yeah, right. And what should the truffles be looking for now? Do they do they like rain by any uh, chance? They do, but not as much rain as what they've had in Tassie. The poor buggers over there, yeah. and, and in New South Wales, um, <laughs> freezing nights. Yes, lovely days. That's, that's, that's what ripens because yeah, we were it. talking to Nigel Wood last week, and he was saying that. But I'm just wondering, if you get too much rain, will they rot? No, they won't. They, they, won't. Won't, they won't rot, but they just lay dormant there. Right? Uh. There's no growth, growth at all. Um, the product is uh, as big as your fingernail instead of um, blooming into fist size. So um, that's all to do with ground temperature. Gotcha. All right. Well, um, so again, the Truffle Festival, you want to tell quickly what's going to be going on here? Uh, we've, we've got um, a... a, a Truffle Trail running through the market there. There's eight uh, eight exhibitors um, um, th- exposing their um, a truffle. Uh, they what? No, yeah. sorry. <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> what are these people exposing? <laughs> well, they're, they're fungi. But they're fungi, <laughs> yeah, and, mo- and most of these people are fungi. So there'll be a lot of uh, a lot of exhibits. We've got uh, two or three different growers. Mm. We've got. Eight chefs in Melbourne doing um, all demos here, both on the Saturday and the Sunday. Yeah, and, and, and uh, big ones too. So oh, yeah, some big names. Yeah, we got um, Michelle. Phil, yeah, we got Philip Michelle. He's sort of you know the old timer. He's the grandpa here in Melbourne at the moment. Um, we got Guy Grossi. You know, he's been around forever. And we've got our new man on the block who's opening up here in a couple of weeks' time, Paul Wilson. Oh, the young one. Yeah, he, he's the youngest of the, yes. of the three. So, so, and then plus um, three or four others, great, great names. And, uh, you know, uh, they'll be here to say hello. And anybody in the market to do with truffles, uh, they'll help you. And, and it'll be a fun day. 
and as we were saying, yeah, a fun day to see some fungi. And it's also uh, about, as I was saying with Nigel last week, it's about the democratisation of the truffle. But uh, it's expensive, but think of it like saffron. Saffron, stupidly expensive. You don't need much. Not at all. That, oh. that applies certainly with truffles. And, you know, my, uh, my new buzz for truffles is you eat them with someone who you care for, you know, and cook them who, with someone you love. Yeah. That's it. Truffles are made for lovers. That's it, definitely. And yeah. uh, we've got them here in the Paran market. Yeah, OK. Well, OK. Well, so we've covered that base off. Let's talk about uh, some things that... Um, well, let's talk about some things that are helped by frost. Uh, cabbages, Brussels sprouts, yep. etc. You've got some that I haven't seen before. Okay. This frilly, it's sort of like almost like the Savoy cabbage of the yep. Brussels sprout. Okay. Um, I was hearing this. This gets taken from the top. Yep. This is from the top of the sprout. We call them. <laughs> we call them fluffies. Right. They're an open. They don't have a heart. There's no heart or core that would normally be done. Oh, uh, I could no make one. jokes about certain politicians, but no. <laughs> well, no. We're at the market. We yeah. can't do that. Yep. So uh, these things, so yeah, fluffy. They're um, they're lovely and loose. They're yeah, very. You can eat them raw. You can have them, toss them into a salad, right? And also, these go beautiful if you braise them off in chicken stock, right? Oh, yeah. okay. oh that'd be great, wouldn't yeah, it? I can a, just taste that. And also, you can stuff that. See this in yeah. your opening up, yep. right? You can do that there with some ground chicken meat. You can do it with some salmon, right? And any anything you like, and it's just folded up like that, and then poached in a pan for two minutes. That'd be and really this, nice. This How stuff, much are these? Um, stuff like this, fifteen dollars a kilo. Okay. Right, you know, and, and you get you get an army full mm. for fifteen dollars. That that feeds. Yeah, because they're fluffy and they're light too. They're not dense they're like very, a, a Brussels no. sprout. Right. The other ones here we have are right <coughs> are called an emperor. They're a purple um, asparagus. These here have uh, been available now for our... Well, purple Brussels sprout. Uh, Espressal. Um, You're just thinking purple. I'm paying attention, Damien. Yes, I'm sorry. Um, do, do you lose the colour like um, with... Uh, of course. <laughs> they ah, do. The, so they they do. Are they, they the sucked in Brussels yes, sprouts? Yes, they are, right. These are the ones you're having. Um, beautiful raw, but when you cook them, they're a wonderful shade of green. Are they? So, yeah, they do, they do swing around. We've yes. got... Uh, um, also, um, artichokes are in season at the moment. Jerusalem artichokes, we've got them readily available. Great for winter time, of course. Look at it. Great. Um, blend them with um, potatoes. Use them in soups. Lovely now where everybody is... Uh, the new uh, new vegetable uh, blend at the moment is uh, mm. um, Jerusalem artichokes and cauliflower. Great. Can I Great. mention that? Yeah, good you, combination. Question. Yes. Do you find Jerusalem artichokes somewhat explosive? Oh, very much so. Uh, yes, you've got to eat these. You've got to eat these with a friend, and uh, not to travel afterwards. They're uh, not to travel on a nowhere near a first class on an aircraft, or or, or an open flame. No, not at all. You so have got, there will be liftoff. They, so they're called artichokes. Well, they're not called artichokes for nothing, but. They can be beautiful. They also make really, really good chips yeah, too. Yeah, that's right. Beautiful, lovely, um, quite starchy. So it, they, yeah. um, they, you can burn them very easily. Yeah. So, but um, gentle, gentle. They're yeah, very, yeah. very good. A lot of them, people now for the chip side of it, they're just uh, shaving them extremely fine, giving them a spray of oil, and baking them in the oven in a tray there. Twenty yeah. minutes, one eighty. That'd be nice. Now, uh, one thing that this looks like a variety I haven't seen. I'm holding up an avocado. It's a good size. It's uh, oval shaped like an avocado. It has a very, very smooth, thin skin. Yes, and, what it's, is it? and it's called a bacon. 
A bacon. A bacon, as in... Um, Francis bacon. bacon. Exactly. Um, this, um, I only just found this out during the week, which was quite strange, and I do know a lot about avocados. That was used for stock many, many years ago. They, they bred that tree... Yeah. And uh, and then grafted on the the Ferretti, the Wurtz, the um, Reeds, all of those varieties that, that we're commonly known and and used to, um, they were bred off that tree there. And now and they were shone upon. No one wanted them. And now it's a beautiful, beautiful fruit. Very thin, extremely creamy. We all say buttery. It's mm. not buttery. It's creamy. It's a beautiful, beautiful avocado. How does uh, it compare to a reed? Because uh, reeds, I think, are uh, sort of buttery. Yeah, reeds, reeds are buttery, but heavier. This yeah. is this is a lot softer, a lot softer. Um, and and when when you peel it, it peels just like um, it, 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 you're peeling skin. It's so thin. There's no core, and it yeah. has a very very small seed. Beautiful fruit, good value fruit at the moment. Um, funny looking, and these marks on the outside there, as you can see, that's skin, and they get damaged. That's from other that's other produce from wind. Yeah, that's that's hitting another branch, branch, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. yeah. So it's got got a couple of little. Yeah, it looks like things, but I'd almost say it looks like a sharpie mark. Yeah, Someone's taken a uh, texture on no, it. No, not not at all. But uh. you know that that fruit there is stunning, and uh, um, these are readily available now for the next five six weeks. Mm. Um, all right, well, uh, just looking around, what else is around that's catching your eye, Jamie? Oh, mate, as far as vet, uh, fruit goes, yeah. mandarins are in at the moment. Oh. They're full on. Yes. They're just absolutely magnificent. I've got two two varieties. I've got a new one starting on Tuesday. Yeah. But this one here is uh, of the Mariposa uh, variety. What's and Mariposa? Mariposa is a variety. It's, a, it's an old, old, old um, heritage mandarin. Yeah. And... Uh, they have no pips, easy to peel, oh. and juicy, juicy, juicy. Sign me up. Where do yeah. I sign? Oh, we've got them here. You're in the book. You're in the book. I'm in the book. All right. So what are they called again? Mariposa. Never, never heard of them. Okay. Mariposa. Been around a long, long, long time. We've had, there's been lots and lots of fruit, you know, named, you know, Mariposa. We've had, you know, other stone fruit call that too. Yeah. And uh, this is now... Um, being handed over, I think it's been named by one of the grower's daughters, and uh, oh, it's, okay. you know, it's oh, just lovely. a bit of fun. And um, I'll um, I'll give you a, just um, a taste. All right. Whilst we're, we're on the radio, we're, we're um, going to walk, wander over. And you know, I want to actually talk to you about a recipe that I did just yesterday, Damien. Okay. Oh yes, this was the one we spoke about. No, yeah. this okay. is this is different because this is another one. I had I had an old a chicken Maryland. You know, one of the most unloved cuts of, yeah. of, of, uh, of meat in the freezer. Well, and I thought, oh, it looks great. Doesn't it? Smell it. Great. It's intense. Yeah, and the colour. It's intense. Great. Uh, yeah. Okay, so uh, uh, so what do we say? Highly aromatic. Yes. Um, juicy, in, juicy, In that juicy. sort of like a, a big imperial. Yeah. Um, really juicy. Yeah, and the colour's stunning. you got stunning. You've got to try it. All right. Mmm. Mmm. Just brush my teeth, but it still tastes great. Great, right, doesn't it? Yeah, it's explosive. There are no seeds, and that is so juicy. This is the mandarin of happiness because you know a lot of the times you can have the mandarin of disappointment. Yeah, sure. You know, you peel an imperial, and you go, and you feel, and you go, oh, it's a bit dry. Oh, it's got something. Yep. This is. How much? Okay, stuff like this, six dollars a kilo. That's right. Right. Now, can I very very quickly? Um, I did a dry brine. Yeah. Right for this this chicken Maryland, 
And I thought, God, wouldn't it be great if you can actually get mandarin flavour in? Okay. So I've peeled the mandarin, I've taken off the pith of that, I've chopped it into a brunoise. Wow. Right? Yes. So it's just as, yeah. as thin as I can you cut can get it. it. Yep. Yes. Salt, brown sugar, oh. cinnamon. Oh, okay. And then I put it in the mortar and the pestle, so then wow. I was able to grind yeah. out the brunoise. So you got sure. all this essential oil Ooh. going into the chicken. Rubbed that on the chicken, left it for about an hour. Lovely. Right? And then scraped off as much as I could, and then just roasted okay. it. Lovely. And, and it was the winner. Mandarin okay. and cinnamon, okay. it works. And, 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 the, and the brown sugar and the salt did its thing and you know, denatured some of the proteins. And it was good. And it was really interesting in that it was actually able to get a mandarin flavour into food, because that's kind of hard. Very, very much so. So that's a master chef number. That goes straight down. Could be. But here's the thing. You do the brunoise, and then you add it to the salt and the brown sugar, and then mortar and pestle it, and and it breaks breaks it all all down. Anyway, that was good. What have you been cooking lately? Uh, Mate, uh, wet dishes are the go. Um, We've just uh, lamb shanks, of course. They're all in. We're into that sort of style of food. We're doing... Had some of those last week, yes. Lamb shanks, and uh, uh, (coughs) this weekend, I think there's um, something coming up with a hock with some black-eyed peas and that sort of stuff. Uh, Really? Yeah, so that's a Why bit... Why black-eyed yeah, peas? Oh, they're a bit thicker, a bit more gutsy. It stays to your body. Yes. I like it, and uh, I could cook it on a Wednesday, and we can enjoy that on a Saturday night. It's a three-hour, three-day uh, old dish, and all we do is... Extravaganza. Oh, it's wonderful, mate, with something, yeah. you know, crispy and clean, so mm. it's, it's good. It's uh, good food, and, you know, for us now, it's winter time. We stay at home, eat that food. You know, it's cuddle-up food. Nothing wrong and, and still drinking uh, good wines with that? Ah, yes, please. <laughs> yes, yes, please. Yes. All right. Well, we'll just uh, we'll thank you so much for having a chat to us. But just before we go, your pick of the market at the moment uh, on um, probably those mandarins, these mariposas. I think at the moment um, they're uh, sensational, yeah, wonderful, wonderful yeah. fruit. Um, and there's a new variety out on Tuesday. Hope to have them. Um, I can't give you the name because I I don't know myself. Yeah. But they're going to be released on Tuesday, and we'll have them here on the stand here. at... Probably 8 o'clock Tuesday morning. Yeah, after, after Damien's gotten up at 2 in the morning. Wow, Lord. All right, well, look, we'll, we'll leave you to it. As always. Thanks, Cam. Yeah. Pleasure, mate. Pleasure. Right back at you. Thanks. See you, Damien. Thank you, mate. Hey, look up my glass over there. Oh, sorry, Jimmy. Drink, drink, what sort of drink you want? What sort of drink you want? I'm making a double. Yeah. Let's drink. Cheers. That is, that is, gentlemen. That was uh, me just uh, getting the guests all G'd up and ready to go. But I don't think I really, really need to because we've got Alex and Cam. Uh, Noisy Ritual is their game, uh, and Noisy Ritual is the name, which is kind of nice. Welcome back. Thanks. It's Thank good you. to be here. Mm. So uh, we've been looking at. Uh, I'm trying to think. When do we have you in? Was it last year or was it a year before? I think it was. You uh, said in the Wayback Machine during vintage last year. I think was it. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that rings a bell. Does that ring a bell with you, Matt? Yes. Good on you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks. Thanks for your help there, Matty. Yeah. Pleasure. Ripper. Ripper Rune. Um, and the premise, the genesis of uh, this venture in the city was what? This noisy ritual. What's uh, it all about? Yeah, well, basically, it's uh, it, it started um, pretty serendipitously at my... Um, yeah. uh, so, so I am, am I like Cam. a bit of serendipity. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm the only non-winemaker 
not only non wine guy in yeah. the, in in the business. And, so and, you're um, like the the honky in the in the funk group. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, uh, I like that one. And so uh, anyway, my, my partner and I moved into a place in Thornbury about three years ago, yes. um, and discovered a winemaking room that underneath was the it. house. That was it. That's the one. That was the genesis. It and was uh, Eureka and Genesis all mixed together. Exactly. Uh, and so two of my best mates from school, Alex and Sam, are both professional winemakers. Well, lucky so, for that, eh? How good is that? That's the serendipitous yeah. bid. Yeah, it as was well meant as, to be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we made a bunch of wine under my house because as if you wouldn't. And uh, and I guess through being a complete newcomer to the process and um, being forced to look after this wine fermenting under my house, I kind of gained this education along the way um, and thought that other people might be interested in having a similar experience. Yeah, okay. And um, what are the facilities like underneath for fermentation? I might go to the winemaker here to maybe have a, a chat about that. But how did you find the facilities? Uh they were. It was actually interestingly. It was almost a little bit too cold under there. Really? Yeah. Uh, which was in March when we did the fermentation, when the fruits ready to go. And um, what temperature do you want? What's what's the sweet spot? Twelve. Uh, usually for the actual fermenting. I just pulled that number out of grapes. It'll be. You wanted to get up in the high twenties, uh, low thirties. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking. I'm going. That was stupid. So you want enough for you want the yeasts to uh, to happen. And we we're just talking to Sharon, and it was interesting. Um, her mastermind subject was fermentation, and one of the big things that she's into is wild ferments, which is what we do. All of our wines are made with wild fermentation. What's the advantages of that? Uh, complexity. Yes. Yeah, and you know, keeping your life. A little bit interesting. On the edge. Yeah, yeah. Walking the tightrope, what's going to yeah. happen. Yeah. But it's more about complexity because we have several ferments of each batch that go through and so they're all slightly different. Mm. And then when the wine all comes together, you get that more complexity from having slightly different f- ferments that go through in each bin. Gotcha. Well, what we should really um, let people know about is that this is sort of a – this is a winery in a inner city postcode and – the main thing is that everyone's invited. Is that probably that's a good right. way to put it? Indeed, Because yeah. that's, that's a big part of the model, isn't it, on, on what you do? It is. It is. I guess, um, uh, well, certainly from my perspective, it's the, the model that we've come up with um, closely uh, reflects the experience that I've had. So going from um, being kind of knowing nothing about wine and wine culture, kind of being intimidated about it, but yeah. then gaining this knowledge by having to look after um, a batch of wine under my house and seeing um, how simple it can be you're and the, how you're fun the it can be. You're the custodian, aren't you, or the yeah. steward almost. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Perhaps. Of, of this, of this Perhaps. vat. Yeah. But so uh, so when we decided well, to take it to, to more people, so people can buy uh, memberships and become a part of the winemaking team in the winery. So yeah. What do the they wi- do? How, do? how does that work again? They stomp the grapes. Yeah. That's the first day. Do you have music playing while they do that? Uh, of course, yeah. 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 What, what, it makes it easier to dance music? in the... Oh, uh, we've, I personally, I like Chris Cross. I think, that, you know, uh, <laughs> which is why you're not in charge of the playlist. <laughs> yeah, they don't let me. What's they that? don't let me be in charge of the playlist. But uh, that's so slow. Like, no, the, the song. No, no, like no, 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 uh, Chris Cross will make you jump. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, Danny right. Mac will get you. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I remember. Okay, uh, uh, Max Lake, uh, father of the Hunter Valley, uh, years and years ago. Apparently, he used to play an upright piano and do Zorba the Greek. Ah, well, Which would be yeah. kind of fun because that's a nice build. So, yeah. But you've got people around. They stomp on the grapes. 
They yeah. do. Yeah. So over the course of a year, they go through three kind of workshops that go for about five hours each. Yeah. Um, and they uh, so the first one is stomping the grapes when the fruit Stomper. arrives, and then uh, stompers used to mean a different thing. Did it? What well, did it people mean? used to go to dance parties that were oh, a particular go. tribe, Dayglow type stompers. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so the but these are different stompers. Stomp- no Dayglow sticks while they're doing this. <laughs> exactly. They're yeah. optional. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So once they've done the, the stomp session, then a couple of weeks later after the, the one has finished fermentation, they come and do a press session where we use old school basket presses to, to press all the solids away from the wine. Yes. Uh, and then they do a couple of kind of informal barrel tastings throughout the rest of the year. As Just it, to as see it how it's all looking. Yep. Yeah. And then... Um, all the different groups that uh, we've made wine with all come together on one day in November to bottle all the wine that we've made. Bang. And they, they take some of that wine home with them. That sounds good. Now, we have um, uh, the bottle in front of me. Mm. Us. Or the bottle in front of me, which is better than the frontal lobotomy. Um, noisy Ritual label. You've got you've got a few bloody varieties here now, haven't you? Yeah. I'm just looking. What is it? Six? Yep, five uh, reds and one white, one white we made in 2015. The Pinot Gris from King Valley is the uh, is the white, and it's a it's an interesting label in that there's all these people sort of doing these uh, contortiony sort of moves. But I guess that what it all shows is that there's a whole bunch of people that have come together to make what is in the in the wine. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yep. So the first person's holding a grape, and the last one's holding a glass. If you look very, very carefully, boom! Um, there it is. So uh, Matt, yeah, have a look at that. There we go. And should we have a? Can we pull that up to the microphone so we can get the glorious sounds of wine? Well, this is just to make people jealous. Ah, there we go. Just to go, and people at the management of Three Triple R, just to let you know that this wine's coming nowhere near the the panel. We're passing it around. Very yeah. expensive broadcast equipment. Yes. Because uh, once upon a time, oh no, I won't go into that story. Because <laughs> I'll get into trouble, even though it happened about <laughs> twenty years ago. <clears throat> so, um, so how much is the membership? Is there room for more memberships? I suppose it'd be what you'd be interested in telling us about. Uh, yeah. So, so uh, the twenty seventeen will be the next intake. So all the twenty sixteen members are um, are on board, mm. and um, and we made a bunch of wine uh, in our new Brunswick location. Um, during vintage this year, so um, so memberships for next year are kind of available now, and um, we'll be ramping up plans for next vintage. Did you uh, mention how much? By the end of the year, three fifty, three hundred and fifty dollars for the year. How much wine do they get for that? Uh, six bottles, six bottles, and the and the three workshops. Okay, and what do they what do they learn? It, it, so it's about learning, it's about conviviality. It's about bringing people together. Yeah, it's, it's kind about of being all those a little bit things. authentic. I guess the easiest way to sum it up was was the kind of feeling that we experienced at my house when we did it for the very first time. And for like me, just drunkenness. General drunkenness. Responsible. Service. Now, what did you feel? Seriously, uh, it was well, like it reminded me of the stories I'd heard Italian mates talking about making passata, and yeah. you know, the, the people coming together and this shared yeah. labour and shared experience, and that's yeah. valid. And, yeah. uh, and and finishing just having fun, eating yeah. and drinking together. So it's a conviviality thing, isn't it? And yeah, it's yeah. it's conviviality, it's community. It's yeah, about working to towards yeah. No, that, that ticks, ticks a lot of boxes. That's it. And there's the educational aspect as well, of course. Mm. Yeah. Um, wine. What's your thoughts on this on this Pinot? We're looking at it. Um, medium bodied. You have to. See, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is Pinot Noir from Sunbury. Uh, so Actually, that's pretty good. Yeah. It's it's got a bit of a savoury element to it. Good liquor fruit right at the beginning, and then it sort of goes into this yeah that savoury sort of thing. Good food wine. It is yeah. 
And this why this was made with a portion of the one of the fermentations had some whole bunches in it. So that's one of the sort of aspects of winemaking style that the people get to learn about by mm. making different batches within the batch oh, and okay. having a bit of you know so that you can see more things that are happening and and, and the different options that winemakers have when they um, go about expressing their grapes and, and turning it into wine, isn't it? Yeah, and that, which is another part of what we do with the members. We have benchmark tastings of different varieties oh, yeah. so that they can sort of tell us the styles that they prefer and the direction that we they prefer for us to push our wines in. Gotcha. Now, are you guys doing a Tempranillo by any chance? What are you, Pinot? Pinot? No. Merlot, Cab Merlot. So what's, what's the real um, popular ones that people are telling you that they really dig? Uh, it depends on the people. It does, yeah. doesn't it? There, there's something for everyone. Yeah, because there'd be people around that go, I want a Shiraz, I want a big. So you go, well, the Heathcote Shiraz is obviously the thing for you. Mm-hmm. And then there's others that go, I hate red wine. So you go, well, don't worry, we've got a Pinot Gris. Yeah. You plan to do any more white ones? Uh, this year we made a different group. Uh, so we made Chardonnay and we also made some Sangiovese this year. Oh, okay. There, there you go. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, like the idea is to be able to showcase different regions, different varieties and different styles mm. all within the vintage so that people get a really broad sort of view of gotcha. the Victorian wine. Where's the uh, Noisy Ritual winery? Uh, so we're about to open this coming Saturday night uh, mm-hmm. at 249 Ligon Street in Brunswick East. 249, uh, what's the nearest corner? Uh, Glen Lyon. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, nice. there's an old hardware store there. It's right next door to that. Really? And we've got Matt Wilkinson doing a dinner for us on Friday, which is now sold out. But, really? Uh, yeah, that's right. our house for dinner. <laughs> down on and, uh, but the following night on the 18th, everybody can come down and check out the bar, which will then be open Friday and Saturday nights from 4 till 11. What a lovely association. Uh, Matty Wilkinson. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're with, really, really pumped that and, uh, he's uh, on board. And, and dare I say that it looks like you've made a really, really great association with your winemaker buddies. I think that's really, really good. It seems so to be good. working. Yeah, yeah, it's working. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a damn good thing. All right, so we've, um, we've been trying the wine from last year's vintage. Maddie, what's your thoughts on the wine? Yeah, that's a really nice, well-balanced Pinot. Yeah. I like it. Thank it's you. very drinkable. Yeah. Well, forget holiday. <laughs> you just had the, the stint. I uh, give it 100 points. Really? Wow, bang, and there we go. That'll, that'll, there you that'll, go, straight on the website. Oh, yeah. I was going to say reprint the label. <laughs> All right, Matt, we're, we're uh, moving on. We've just got to, um, a couple of things uh, mentioned. One was the cinnamon and Mar- uh, mandarin Maryland. Maybe we could talk about that next week. Oh, yeah, I think we might. And uh, I've solved uh, porridge. That was good. Uh, another thing I've heard, really weird food thing. Apparently, banana bread and Vegemite together brings out the sweetness of the bananas. Sounds wow. weird. Does, doesn't yeah. it? But some of those things that sound so weird, you've just got to try. I haven't got around <laughs> to it. I'm going to try it. I've been making some cracker banana breads uh, lately, so, yeah, I'm going to give that a go. Um, can I just say to uh, Alex and Cam... Very, very lovely for you to come in. Good luck with the... You bastards with that dinner. I'm really quite jealous. Um, <laughs> say hi to Matt Wilkinson for us. Thank you, will do. We will, that yeah. sounds good. Any more homework we've got to do? No, I think we're good. It's we one o'clock. Out of here. We should late. get out of here. Um, yeah, we're going to turn you over for... Sunday Lights coming up next. You damn right. So we're going to wave to the next studio and everything's going to be groovy and we will see you next week. Thanks again for coming in. Thank you, Matt. Thank, Thank you, Cam. Thanks, Cam. Thanks, Thanks Matt. Bye.
You've been listening to a podcast from Australia's best-known community radio station, 3RRR, 102.7 in Melbourne. For more podcasts, information about upcoming events and our live stream, please visit our website at rrr.org.au. 